Welcome to Fandom Media. What up? What up? What up? Welcome back, everybody, to Fandom Media Podcast. It is season 12, episode 4 time for It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That is Wolf Cola, a public relations nightmare. We heard Chance of Fight Milk, in addition to our favorite what-ups. Great moment. Good episode. So let's talk about it. Meta Elements. This was another short episode. It was just under 19 minutes long, which is just too damn short. <laughs> yeah, there, there have been a little, they've definitely been too short this season, hopefully. But it has been a good season, but it, that is definitely a, a fair complaint. I felt like this episode could have even been a two-part episode. It could have gone more into Fight Milk on one and more into Wolf Call on the other, yeah. <laughs> that would have been cool. They could, maybe next episode is about more of Frank's fluids. <laughs> it is not. Not too many of his fluids, I hope. (laughs) The writers for this one were David Hornsby and Scott Martyr. And these two are MVPs. They've both written a lot of episodes between them. Hornsby is, well, he's married to actress Erin Deschanel. And yes, that is Zoe's older sister. And she's best known for her long role in Bones. But more importantly, he's Maddie Mara, a.k.a. Rickety Cricket. He had also had a cameo in Baskets recently as a preacher. He's been in a lot of things. It looks like his 26th episode as a writer, and he did about 16 episodes as Rickety Cricket. So there have been over 100 episodes altogether, 130-something? We counted 134, it looks like. So yeah. if he's done 26, that's 20% or quarter almost? Of that's the, uh, about a fifth, a yeah. A fifth of the episodes, yeah. a little yeah. under a fifth. That's Yeah, it's really... Uh, no one, see, that's why I call him an MVP, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's written my all-time favorite episode, The Gang Tries Desperately to Win an Award, too, yeah, and yeah. some other really good ones. Like uh, World Series Defense and The Gang Gets Invincible. <laughs> Meanwhile, Scott Martyr has a ton of producer credits for Sonny as well as uh, writing for Caitlin Olson's new show, The Mick. This is his 24th writing credit, so he's just behind Hornsby on the list there. And that includes the Gang Wrestles for the Troops, The Gang Gives Frank an Intervention, great episodes like that. That's one of my favorites, Gang Gives Frank an Intervention. And he has one inter- appearance himself as a patron in the bar, so just randomly to throw him in there one time. But he hasn't done any acting, apparently, in the show. Yet. Yet. <laughs> Another MVP, Matt Shackman, yet again, number 42. Wow, so that's uh, about a third of all the episodes now, huh? Weird trivia for Matt Shackman. As a child, he appeared in both the shows Different Strokes and Webster, which were both part of the strange 80s phenomena of finding young black kids really cute. Or (laughs) those two particular black kids. They were pretty cute, I remember that. (laughs) Fandomedia.reviews This episode had a lot of people who are not regulars in the show, a lot of cameos and guest stars, including Dana White, the president of the UFC and a former fighter himself, playing himself, which he's also done in an episode of Silicon Valley, and he's also been in an episode of The League, although not playing himself. There was also Megan Olivi, who Mac yanks the mic from on stage. She's a UFC hostess and from Fox Sports. Probably the most featured actors in the episode weren't actors at all. They were UFC fighters. Donald Cerrone, who's called Cowboy, he's actually also had a regular role in um, some new show called Godless, which is a Western action show. A guy named Cowboy in a Western action show. Yeah, very fitting. Coincidence. <laughs> and the other actor, the other fighter was Paul Felder, who also has a few other minor acting credits. Those were real fighters, but they were not real ring girls. How unauthentic. <laughs> the, the one who had the speaking line who said that they aren't interested in the diarrhea drink... <laughs> is Tiffany Penhalison. Uh Probably didn't say that right, but she's one of those do-everything-Hollywood types, the actress, model, dancer, and owner of a fashion line. And she's been in Mindy Project, Angie Tribeca, Jane the Virgin, a lot of shows like that. 
Then we have Devin Long, who is the gym greeter guy. He's been in Sons of Anarchy. I guess he kind of had that look, the big dude that greeted them. I could see him being in that show. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, of course, NCIS, because everyone's been in NCIS. <laughs> Gichi Gamba was Boko Haram's spokesman. He also played Disco in Mystery Men and has been in Justified and, of course, in NCIS. <laughs> and a course. ton of other one-offs. <laughs> and, of course, there was a super quick pre-recorded segment from the gang broke sweet D of Landslide. Landslide. <laughs> Finally, we have Bob Wiltfong, who's making his third appearance as the anchor person slash host Chet Wallum. He was also in Matt Kills His Dad and Gun Fever. Still too hot. Also, he's been in 30 Rock at Chappelle Show. In general, it's another good episode. I think we all would agree with that, yeah? Yes. I liked it a lot. I maybe had too high hopes based on the episode title and the fact that I knew this was the episode with Fight Milk. <laughs> Knowing Fight Milk was going to be it, it made it so much more exciting. <laughs> Narrative. So, of course, we start out the episode with Frank and his huge bag of cocaine. And his gun. Oh, his wait. Nose clams. I mean, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Nose clamps, fresh from the sea. So this episode had two main plots, which was, you know, Boko Raton, Boko Haram, sorry, sorry. And <laughs> Same Volcola, mistake Frank made. Same mistake he made. And Fight Milk in the UFC. Right. Of course, we have a lot of familiar themes like Max struggling with his sexuality. Not only do we have his obvious lust for the men around him in the gym, but we have his obvious hatred and problems with women that Charlie kind of points out. Yeah, there's a lot of really great moments regarding that in this episode from the laser pointer and Charlie <laughs> saying that he has really weird women issues. And, and the dominating men and how that's about love. <laughs> also appreciate it. it doesn't happen very often. Usually Charlie is sort of fourth or fifth in charge, if you will, among the gang. But every now and then, he takes charge. He, you know, he steps up when everyone else is floundering and he definitely... Took over Max's little spiel there. <laughs> sometimes the voice of reason almost. Yeah, yeah, he sometimes. He tempers yeah. Mac a little bit, <laughs> which he did there. Of course, there's some visual gags like Mac staring at that, that black guy. I mean, buff guy. Buff black guy. <laughs> in the locker room. And calling them handsome. Dennis, of course, having uh, another instance of a nice, well-thought-out, fairly perceptive take on something that he eventually undermines with something extremely awkward and off-script. Yeah, it reminded me of all those many famous Dennis freakouts that we've had. He didn't freak out so much there. He just evolved into awfulness. <laughs> But in previous episodes, we've had freakouts like in the Family Fight episode, which this harkened most to because he was also on television. But there's like so many other amazing Dennis freakout monologues. Yes. <laughs> Oftentimes, Dennis mostly, amazingly, accurately, some aspect of society or some insight into human nature like he did here. But then usually his own warped sense of the world takes over. You know, it's it starts off being interesting or accurate. Even sometimes if it's not appropriate, he still is correct about the state of things. But he just can't separate his personal ideology from what the rest of the world should think. He doesn't like dogs. No one should like dogs, you know. <laughs> his narcissistic nature coming through. That dog line that Dennis says about eating fried dog actually made me think of another episode that had an all-time great Dennis freakout, which is Mac and Dennis move to the suburbs. 
Because in that episode, Max says that he fed Dennis, Dennis Jr. <laughs> and so my theory is that just like Charlie and Dee in the cannibalism episode, after eating it, he was just haunted by the thought of eating dog. And he's been fantasizing about eating fried dog ever since. <laughs> you wash it down with a tall glass of fight milk. <laughs> he's a wolf cola man. <laughs> <laughs> If your theory is true, that would be a nice sneaky callback there. And there were a lot of callbacks in this episode in general. From the very first words, even. Go for it, go for it. That's right. And there's a funny story with that song. The vocals in that song are recorded by Rob and Glenn. It was just some generic techno song that they had for that scene in Season 2, Episode 4. And Danny apparently just started singing that. And they (laughs) went with it. And of course, our two beverages were callbacks as well. Wolf Cola is from Sweet D Gets Audited. That's in Season 7, Episode 4. And then it was again in the Season 10 finale, which is Ass Kickers United. Of course, it was introduced as Frank's shell corporation that Dennis got involved in. Dennis only wanted the illusion of power. (laughs) (laughs) Not the responsibility. He didn't get an ounce of puss. Of course, Fight Milk, this has been uh, a favorite among the fandom. That means us and everyone who likes It's Always Sunny. (laughs) And one of the great things about it is the gag reel from when they filmed it, where they just could not control themselves laughing. It was just too funny. That's the source of all the what-ups and everything. The gag reel for this one as well has been posted. You can find it on YouTube or go to our website. Fandomedia.reviews. Thanks, Jason. And of course... Fight Milk's first appearance was in Frank's Back in Business, and it was also in the season 10 finale, just like Wolf Cola. More important than the first appearance of these beverages is what they're made of. Now, I don't know what Wolf Cola's made of. I don't know if that's ever been discussed, but... Frank's fluids. (laughs) If Charlie has anything to do with it, it's made out of wolves. (laughs) (laughs) But we definitely get a lot of insight as to what... Fight milk is made out of, and it's rather terrifying. <laughs> Very terrifying. Well, fight milk original, fight milk classic, uh, <laughs> is maybe more terrifying? I'm not sure. I mean, if you're terrified of birds, but... I am. <laughs> <laughs> now, despite it being terrifying, the uh, UFC fighters, of course, find excellent use for it. But that is not what Max dreamed for it was. <laughs> No women. <laughs> yeah, that was more important. It was more important than it not being used as a multifaceted body expulsion system. <laughs> it also, more important for him was that it not be for women. <laughs> or if they had the, another main theme was the 24-hour news cycle, which they threw in another little a nod to 24 of the show there with the clock, which was very stylistically the same. I like that they sell that at Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. <laughs> as we already mentioned, Landslide was in the episode as part of their reel, their footage reel, that we just keep seeing little bits and pieces of different things. One of my funniest things that Mac does, and it's happened in... I don't know, know how many episodes this happened in, but when he does his fight, when he does his, like, his karate moves, <laughs> with the little vocal effects, man, I, it cracks me up every time. I wish he did it every episode. He does them in the crowd. He does them, he does them in the audience. He does them at funerals. He does, he does them when he's really about to fight. <laughs> <laughs> Last week we talked about how Frank was the troll man, and they set us up so nicely. And, of course, they said, what is the troll saying now? 
<laughs> we also had, I think, one of my favorite lines in the episode was just was just two words. You bitch. And Dennis often reacts to D in ways like this, but it made me think of one in particular, which is when Dennis is talking about skinning D alive and putting her into a box, into a glass box. And then he yells at her, you haven't thought of the smell, you bitch. And it's one of my all-time favorite lines. There's a lot of social commentary this time. It's something they've had a lot of this season in general. And that's not a bad thing or even a good thing. It's just a thing. It's, it's interesting. It's a good source of comedy. There's a, you know, sat I guess it's a little more satire. But they do it in their way. One of the first things they do is take stabs at a lot of large organizations who have gotten away with some really evil stuff. They say that, well, there's only one thing you can't truly come back from. But then... And point out that you actually, can even come back from that. Yeah, you can even come back from banging kids. They, the Catholic Church, did sidestep banging kids pretty masterfully. Not dogs, though. No, <laughs> they didn't bang dogs, <laughs> nor eat them that we know of. <laughs> so, of course, politics and scandals are a main theme here, and uh, the theme of how true it is that when people of power address things that have gone wrong, they don't apologize. They've, I mean, they do sometimes. It's, it, it does happen sometimes. But it's really common that they don't, that they address what happened with sympathy, without that, but not responsibility. It's like, oh, we're going to help this problem that was is actually our problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's teams of lawyers that coach everyone up before they go on to a, any kind of news news mm. interview, you know, someone representing a company and like don't accept responsibility. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there was of course, I thought the most pointed commentary of the episode was really at how women are perceived. Yeah, I totally agree. It was a really I think that well I agree that was the most poignant thing. They they came at it from a lot of different angles. But the commentary with the uh, people responding on social media, the, the ticker at the bottom there was particularly directed at that. That was one of the main things they addressed. And then her, the, the responses she got afterwards on social media, she's like, I'm getting rape threats. Everyone's calling me, you know, flat. But then there's the guy that calls her ugly and still wants to sleep with her. It's just, uh, yeah. It's I would say that was a reference, by the way, her outfit looked just like Clinton's. Yeah, that could count as a reference, not a reference to, I guess it is even media. She's on TV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, yeah, it's a fair comparison, yeah. That moment, by the way, um, when we're seeing how people respond to her on social media, it reminded me of a bit on Master of None, the Izzy Sansari show, when him and the woman he's dating post their picture of the food, their meal or whatever, and then look at, compare the responses, and his are like, oh, wow, that looks delicious, and hers are like, I want to rape you. you know, <laughs> like, it's extreme dichotomy. In seconds. And, yeah. <laughs> and it is accurate. Sadly, it is. We yeah. ourselves have experience with this as we have our other podcast that is on YouTube, and we get YouTube trolls and just commenters who don't even mean to be trolling. They just don't realize it's offensive. It's a real issue. Yeah, there's, there's, I, and of course, people who do mean to be offensive. And yeah. <laughs> all those people talking about how hot my beard is. God. Yeah, it's really a problem for us. <laughs> for Sean, especially. Beard objectification <laughs> is a huge problem in 2017. <laughs> I thought uh, one of the best quotes was And now social media will come down on you with the fury of a middle aged man who has accomplished nothing. That was, that did get a good laugh out. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, it's true, really, that, that one of the reasons social media is so nasty is people are just focusing all their rage that's in their life on someone else. Yeah. You know? yeah. 
Of course, they also address a similar uh, perception of women issue, the allowable body types, where there's four <laughs> body types for men. And, all, and one of them has a caveat. You have to be funny if you're fat. Uh, yep. And for women, you can only be skinny big tits. <laughs> so wait, was Mac funny? Hmm, Mac... Uh... Wait, he was just hacking on Mac. <laughs> yeah, he was. He still considered himself ripped. Then. <laughs> that was why Dennis and them were so unhappy with this situation because Mac isn't very funny. <laughs> Actually, that's a callback as well because if you remember in the episode where Dennis gets the mansion, they're looking for a funny fat guy. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. So Frank used his what we would now call alternative facts about Boko Haram, how they weren't ISIS or Al-Qaeda. Now, of course, the alter- term alternative facts didn't exist when this episode was filmed. So this is another just kind of amazing bit of timing for something that they've, for one of their episodes. And this isn't the first time we pointed out that something they've done has just kind of happened to land with politics without it seemingly being possible because of when they, because of how long ago it was recorded. I don't know if it's just because I'm paying more <clears throat> attention or if they're paying more attention to what's going on social media but it's almost south parkish i feel like i think south park is more actively trying to match each episode with something that happened in current events but they're just doing it accidentally they're still hitting these points of social consciousness very true audio elements there wasn't a whole lot in terms of music or audio this episode they did have their fight milk song that you know kind of 80s rock song that starts with the whammy bar dive that song's awesome, by the way. I totally want to rock out to that. That song rocks, seriously. <laughs> and we already mentioned the other song in the episode is these. Go for it, go for okay, it. Okay, yeah, definitely that counts. That's a good one. That's a good one. And, of course, the unfavorable audio element I have to throw out there, the sounds of vomiting and diarrhea. <laughs> I suppose that counts as an audio element that we really have to talk about. <laughs> We're lucky that wasn't one of the visual elements because who really wants to, he closed the door right when he threw up because who wanted to see him puke on his dick <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> i'm sure someone out there wanted to see it i'm pretty sure there's a puke on dick.com somewhere <laughs> dick tell <laughs> i suppose what we could call one of the visual elements was the fight milk commercial that they used a lot of different the back and forth but delayed look at the camera thing that they love to do i love that too i will say a couple things i appreciate i don't know how much it's just me but i see it happen a lot so there must be some other people there that appreciate this in comedy but a attempt at being funny it really cracks me up when someone tries to be funny whether they are or not, Michael Scott on The Office does it all the time. Dee was doing it in a couple episodes this season. This is why we're successful. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing I love to see is bad editing. I love to see when someone's put together their video and they're so proud of it and the editing is just terrible. Also why we're successful. <laughs> reviews. Speaking of editing, they did not edit out that dog walking around, which Reddit user Mojave Walker pointed out something that none of us seem to notice, which was that dog had a stiffy. A red <laughs> rocket, full-blown, walking around there, apparently. In a, uh... I usually don't look at dogs' crotches, so yeah. no, I didn't notice. Maybe Some Dennis are... was right. Some people are looking out for that. <laughs> <laughs> there were two visual elements here that I appreciated. One that they do pretty regularly, uh, and it's another pretty common tool in comedy, but I feel like It's Always Sunny does it a lot, is when two people are having a conversation, 
or even one person is doing something on their own and it's maybe something awkward or private or extended and then the camera pans out and you see there's actually two or three or multiple other people in the room at this moment when Frank just comes in, takes out his gun and his cocaine and does a line and then everyone's just there looking at him the whole time. <laughs> I love it when they do that. And there was a reverse of that when Dennis is going off about dogs and I should, if you can have fried chicken, I can have fried dog. And the reporter Chet is just, oh, just eyes like, oh my goodness, how is this going to receive? And Dennis has this, what, what, what's the big deal look in his face? And the camera cuts back and you see that Frank and Dee are just gone. The couch is empty. He's there by himself. (laughs) And then he starts to realize. (laughs) He starts to squirm and... Did I say that out loud? (laughs) Final thoughts. So, Sean, would that be one of your favorite moments then? I think those were my two favorite moments of the episode. <laughs> I'd say my favorite moments were the entire fight milk commercial, the entire entire thing, and Dee trying to be likable and reacting to all of those tweets she was getting. Yes, it fits in so well with how they've already established her character. It just slides right in there. For me, I just love a couple of particular lines. I already mentioned one of them, which was they did sidestep banging kids pretty masterfully. I thought that was uh, perfect. And we're a couple of crow enthusiasts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wait, I have one more line. Time to stop eating your crow and start drinking your crow. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for this time, folks. Signing off, I'm Crowley Kelly. Drinking Wolf Crowla. Riding off into the sunset with Crowboy Cerrone. (laughs) 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 (laughs)